It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today, the injury report lengthens and trade rumors Fly with some interesting reporting from Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated. We're going to start there before we get into our game preview. And part of that game preview is going to be speculating on the status of A.J. Brown, the Tennessee Titans star wide receiver who missed practice on Thursday with a knee injury. This is two weeks in a row for him, by the way, missing Thursday. So maybe not cause for alarm for the Titans, but we'll get into that later on in the show. James, let's get started with the trade news from Albert Breer and the Bengals injury report on Thursday. As the NFL trade deadline nears, Cincinnati Bengals players are rumored to be on the market or not on the market. On top of that, we've got injury updates for you after Thursday's practice as this weekend's picture becomes clearer. This is your Locked On Bengals lead story. I'm Jake Lisko along with James Rapine. James, let's get started with the Albert Breer report from Sports Illustrated that says John Ross is being actively shopped and Geno Atkins is being asked after, but teams are being told that Geno is not available. This would stink if it's true and you would have no idea or no reason to rebut it. And it sounds like the the same old Bengals. Look, Geno Atkins is a guy that might have some kind of value right now. But let's just say the Bengals hold on to this asset and wait a calendar year and then decide they're willing to move on from him. What do you think they're going to get? Let's say it's a fourth or a fifth right now. I'm just saying, throwing out a number. It'll be a sixth or a seventh like it was with Carlos Dunlap. So I hate to see this, honestly, and I get it. They've dealt with a lot of injuries at defensive tackle. But after a 1-5-1 and start, after Atkins missed four games and you played with him anyway— I think this is the exact time you pick up the phone and at least answer and listen to to different teams. Heck, I would be the one making the call to see if teams are interested in a guy like Geno Atkins. Geno Atkins is still under contract for another three years, 2020 this season, 2021 and 2022. He has relatively modest cap hits for a guy that's had the kind of career he's had, the cap hit being... $14.8 million next year, $16 million in 2022. So the Bengals clearly feel that he is a part of their future. He is a part of their championship window, which I imagine they feel opens next year in Joe Burrow's second year. 
So that's probably the driving force here. They feel like Geno Atkins is a guy that they want to continue to be a contributor to this team. We'll have to see how his injury progresses this year, how his role progresses this year, because as Pac-Man Adam Jones said on Instagram, you can't pay a three-tech with Geno Atkins' track record and just run him out there at nose tackle in three-man defensive fronts and ask him to be a pass rusher in that situation. That is not making the most out of your asset. And if that's a plan for Geno, and that's why they're not trading him, then I'm 100% with you, James, that they need to see what they can get and not let themselves get into the same situation they got into with Carlos Dunlap, where the front office sees a guy who's been an invaluable asset to this team over his career in Cincinnati, and the coaches don't know how to use him. John Ross, we knew, requested a trade, on the other hand, and according to Breer, he is being actively shopped. And this is going to be a scenario where, hey, the Bengals apparently only make trades every 10 to 20 years in season. Could we get two (laughs) in one season here? I hope so. I, I absolutely hope so. And this is coming from the John Ross guy, because if they're not going to use him, you might as well get something for him. And I think he can help a team. And, and that's the reality here is if you're Zach Taylor and you want to build the culture that, that you want to build, well, it's going to be hard for John Ross to be inactive every week and stay bought in and stay grinding and stay working hard. It just is. And, and, and people will laugh at that and scoff at that, especially with the money they're making. But it, Football practice is a grind. It is hard. And if he knows there's no carrot at the end, there's no way he's active or not going to play, then you might as well move him. And he was out today with an illness. Who knows what's going on with Ross? He's, he's been dealing with illnesses now um, on and off for a couple of weeks. Practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. And, man, this injury report is still just rough on the offensive line. Jonah Williams was out with the stinger. Trey Hopkins with the concussion. We know Bobby Hart isn't going to play Sunday with the knee. And Joe Mixon, Jake, still remains out with that foot injury. Yeah, the Joe Mixon news, not very promising. But the offense did function without him fine last week. Uh, Another data point for the running backs don't matter crowd. And, And some positive news, William Jackson was a full participant in practice today coming off the concussion. So it looks like he should be good to go this week. But overall, man, this roster has just been gutted by injuries this year. On the entire offensive line, they're down to the second to fourth string at every position but left guard, where, by the way, Michael Jordan was a full participant, upgraded with the back injury. At halfback, they're missing their big money guy in Joe Mixon. Cornerback, they're missing number two. And because William Jackson's back, at least they get number one back on the field this week. The defensive line with Carlos Dunlap out, out the door is currently a bunch of undrafted free agents, waiver claims, Khaled Kareem, Carl Lawson, and 10% of Geno Atkins. Man, it's just a bleak picture for injuries for what feels like the third year running and a lot for this team to overcome, as a lot of fans would have Zach Taylor and Lou Anarumo really fighting for their jobs right now. And it's a delicate balance, Jake. Because absolutely, this defense would look different if DJ Reader were out there and Trey Waynes were out there and all these guys that they envisioned when they put this team together in March, April, and May. If those guys were healthy for the most part, because you are going to have some injuries, but if they weren't so injury riddled, then yeah, you would be able to get a clear picture. But the last thing you want, at least the last thing I would want, and I think the last thing fans should want, is for injuries to become the excuse or reason, right? Because if that's the case, then Mike Brown's given these guys another full year. 
<laughs> and you, you just you can't do that because you can't bank on injuries. And we talk about quarterbacks a lot and their ability to overcome. I think the good coaches can overcome. And we haven't seen that uh, with this coaching staff thus far, which is why they're one five and one this year, which is why they're one twelve and one in one score game since Zach Taylor and the rest of this regime took over. So it is a delicate balance, but there's no doubt that the Bengals have been riddled by injuries uh, and it's unfortunate, but it, it's just an, uh, unfortunately it's a part of football. It is. It's just hard to see them go down with, you know, the entire offensive line, the entire defensive line at times this year. I mean, Sam Hubbard, DJ reader, Gino Atkins, you know, Josh Tupo opting out. It's just the, the same position groups getting hit, which is obviously really hard for a team when you're down to your fourth, fifth option at some positions. But you're right. It can't be an excuse. And that's not what I was trying to say. I wasn't trying to necessarily excuse the coaches. It just makes everybody's jobs harder. And, I, and as a human, you, you kind of feel for it, right? Because they had a vision. They, they went out and got some players and now outside of quarterback, wide receiver, safety, and linebacker, they're not even close to the units that they envisioned at the beginning of the year. Coming up next, we get into the Week 8 matchup with the Tennessee Titans. A.J. Brown missing practice on Thursday. I don't know if that means he's going to miss the game, but hey, there's a lot to talk about in this matchup. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season, either down at Paul Brown Stadium with 12,000 of your closest friends, or in your Cincinnati Bengals-themed viewing room, watching the franchise quarterback of the next 10 years for the Bengals blossom before your eyes, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football. Watching. We all hit a wall at some point during our day. Whether it's mental, whether it's physical, you can break through it with go. Built Go is easy to take with you, comes in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, or however else you want to carry it. It's the best workout gel on the market. I've used it as my pre-workout. I've used it during the day when I'm going to Bengals practices. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, and it's natural, so it's better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut and chocolate mint which is my personal favorite built go combines energy gel with collagen protein that protein is fast absorbing so it gets into your system fast and it's easy on the stomach visit builtgo.com use promo code locked you're going to get 20 percent off your next order again use promo code locked for 20 percent off at builtgo.com let's go the Bengals are five-and-a-half-point underdogs this Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium against the Tennessee Titans. Let's dive into this matchup a little bit more, Jake. And we've talked a lot about the Bengals' injury situation. As we record this on Thursday night, the Titans dealing with some injuries of their own. Wide receiver A.J. Brown, like you mentioned, didn't practice with a knee injury. He is expected to play on Sunday against the Bengals. But the one that's interesting, 
specifically because of the Bengals banged up front. They're they're injured up front, as we know, on the offensive line. Jadavian Clowney missed a second straight practice with a knee injury. Look, I get it. He's been underwhelming in Tennessee. But if Clowney isn't out there, that could be huge for the Bengals and, and really a uh, a gift, so to speak, given their issues in the trenches. Yeah, I talked to Tyler about Jadavian Clowney on the crossover on Thursday's episode, and he didn't seem too concerned. He thought that they were just managing his injury and that he will play. But I thought he left last week's game with that knee injury at some point. It'll be interesting to see what his status is this weekend. And even if he does play, this is a pass rushing unit that Tyler described as just a poor pass rushing unit. He said that they lack of refinement and pass rushing moves. There's a lot of motor and guys like Harold Landry, Jadavion Clowney, and Jeffrey Simmons, but there isn't consistency with winning with pass rush moves. And that's a guy that watches the Titans quite a lot. So it will be very interesting to see how the Bengals patchwork offensive line holds up because the other thing Tyler said is that if there's any week that the Titans pass rush is going to come together, that this Titans passing defense is going to come together, he thinks that this is a great week to do it. And I talked about that with, you know, A.J. Green against some of the poor secondaries that the Bengals have faced this year. You know, I said, hey, if he doesn't do it this week, then I got real questions. And then he didn't do it that week. And then the questions got answered in future weeks anyway. So that's the NFL for you. Pretty unpredictable stuff. But if there was going to be a week for your offensive line to be banged up, this might not be the the worst week for that to happen. I think Tennessee will blitz a lot. But the despite the big names and the, and the highly drafted players, this pass rush hasn't produced a lot this year. And yes, you always want your your starting offensive line out there, especially the way they've played the last couple of weeks. They've pass blocked really well. Losing three guys in a week almost never is going to go well. But at least I guess they're facing a team that again is in, in a in a situation where they're looking to get right. And, and earlier this week, you know, people talked about, oh, the Titans are 5-1. and one. They need a get-right week. Well, the defense kind of does. The Tennessee Titans defense has been much beleaguered this year. They've given up a ton of points. I think the last I saw has either the second or the highest over-under in the NFL this week, over 50 points. And and I was thinking when, when Tyler predicted a 34-28 to 28 final score, that might not be enough points. I, I really see defenses struggling in this game. But for the Bengals, to your point, James, that comes down to this patchwork offensive line. There's no doubt about it. And I absolutely think that the offense, as in the Bengals offense, has to drop a 40 piece to have a shot. <laughs> I, I just I think it's realistic. Now, they might be able to hang around scoring 30 or 27. I just don't think you win. I, I, don't, I don't think you're able to win that way. And the margin of error for this Bengals offense with a patchwork offensive line is really thin. A quick couple, uh, a couple more injuries here. Uh, Christian Fulton dealing with a knee injury, the corner for for Tennessee. He missed Thursday. So did Jonathan Joseph. So we might be able to see Jonathan Joseph. He was out with an illness, but wouldn't it be nice to uh, to see him out there one more time? Uh, I, I can't believe he is still playing in 2020. Good for him. Um, uh, but but yeah, Dennis Kelly also out with a knee, and uh, Daniel Munyer out with a hand injury for the Titans during Thursday or on Thursday's practice. But as far as the Bengals offense goes, is that crazy? And I know you just talked about how much they need to score, but to me, if they're going to pull off an upset like this, of this magnitude, 
and part of this obviously has to do with the Titans offense. And I, I just don't think the Bengals can realistically stop them consistently. I think they got to score 40. Yeah, I, I feel like that's right. And it's funny you say that. Last night, Ryan Riddle and Joe Goodberry on Twitter were having a conversation like, hey, what one player and contract would you want to add to the Bengals? So you could take any one player from another team. James, what one player would you take to put on this team right now with Joe Burrow? Wow, that's tough. That's tough. It's got to be an offensive lineman, right? I, th- I just naturally think so. And it's a guy that the Bengals had as the highest graded tackle in the draft, but he was actually a guard. I'm going to go with Quentin Nelson of the Colts. That's not a terrible pick. I had Joe's pick, for, for those of you that care, was Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle from the rookie offensive tackle from Tampa Bay. My initial reaction, though, was I want to start building this defense. So I started thinking of guys like Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Aaron Donald, the the cream of the crop pass rushers. I was looking at corners, maybe Jair Alexander, who's having a great year up in, in Green Bay, still young. But I do think you're right. I think it probably should be offensive line. But the reason that I was thinking defense is because it's it's hard to build an offense that can average 35 points a game. A tackle would surely help, especially in the long term, especially with Joe Burrow's long-term prospects. And Joe's like, yeah, you know, I feel this offense is closer to scoring 30 a game than they are to being able to stop the opponent from scoring 30 a game. And that's kind of Mm -hmm. where they are right now. But I'm thinking, yeah, I think they're already kind of scoring 30 a game with, with what they've got. And I was thinking, man, they need some help on defense. So, so your question, the reason that we went down this, this little rabbit hole is, do I think that 40 points to win is crazy? It's, it's, it's not outside of the realm of possibility to me this week. Like we're talking about pretty astronomical stuff. We're talking about team scoring on seven, eight possessions in, in a game that will likely only have seven to nine possessions for each team. And so that seems kind of crazy, but these defenses on paper just look like, and, and in terms of the, the results they've had recently and this year, just look like there's a ton of points to be scored. Now we say all this, James, and 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 we're gonna have like a 17 to 13 final score or something somehow. <laughs> I'd be shocked. I, I would be shocked. I mean, un- unless barring something really unforeseen, I just don't see how that is the case. Like you, you could tell me Derrick Henry runs the ball 40 times, but I'm thinking, man, he's gonna run for 350 yards and six touchdowns. <laughs> you know, like I, I just I, I really don't see a scenario where the Titans don't score at least 30. I would put that, that might be the minimum. And a lot of that again has to do with the Bengals defense, but man, I'm so enamored now with that question. And I'm just thinking of options. See, Ooh, that's interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I, I would still, I guess say Quentin Nelson, but that, that was, you threw me off on that one, Jake. I'm not going to so, lie. I did not see that coming. Sometimes I got some, some fun, some fun, surprising questions in the back pocket. It is challenging though, right? Cause you need a guy that's going to make a massive difference on your football team. If it's like, you can have one gift, you can have any player in the NFL and, and you're assuming that you're just going to keep Joe Burrow because he's the guy on the rookie contract. Right. And so mm-hmm. you, you might be thinking, Oh, give me Patrick Mahomes, give me Russell Wilson. Uh, but then you have to take those contracts too. And then you can't really build around him. And this team clearly needs some other pieces right now. So it is a challenging question. Getting back to the offense, where this Bengals offense is going to do its work, especially with Joe Mixon not playing this week, is this going to be another game, I think, that's going to have to look a lot like the Browns game? 
And in that respect, it's too bad that they put so much of their screen game on tape against the Browns because that went really well. At the same time, I do think that the Titans are going to have to blitz. And I do think they will blitz. And if the Bengals can catch them with screens the same way they caught the Browns with screens, then they can use that as an extension of the running game. But I really like the Bengals cornerback wide receiver matchups in this game too. Even if Jonathan Joseph does play, even if Adoree Jackson does play, Christian Fulton not expected to play, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green really coming into their own as a strong wide receiver core. And I think that they can all win their individual matchups. And then it just comes down to whether this patchwork, and I've said that word four times now and I apologize, offensive line can do enough against a very raw, talented defensive line and defensive front in Tennessee that just has struggled this year. If I were to tell you that Harold Landry, Vic Beasley, Jeffrey Simmons, and Jadavion Clowney wouldn't be a very productive pass rushing unit, I don't think you would have believed me before the season. But here we are. James, you started to talk a little bit about the Tennessee Titans offense. Let's get into how that's going to look and why we think the Bengals might have to score 35, 40 points to win this game coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, James, let's wrap up our week eight preview with what we are just deathly afraid of, essentially, when the Tennessee Titans have the ball. Their offensive line is just kind of good enough on paper, but the Bengals' defensive line, as I mentioned earlier in the show at this point, is 10% of Geno Atkins, Carl Lawson, those are your best players, and then Khaled Kareem, a fifth-round rookie, and a bunch of like undrafted guys and, and waiver wire pickups. So, very bleak situation on the defensive line, and, and you can't expect them to suddenly figure out how to get pressure this week. And so when you look at the Tennessee offense, one of the most, if not the most efficient offense in football, and you look at what the Browns did to the Bengals last week, I think the Titans can do literally whatever they want. They can use Johnny Smith, the gifted tight end. They can use their wide receivers, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. They can just give the ball to Derrick Henry and watch him stiff arm guys into next week, which fortunately for the Bengals is a bye week. I mean, I just, what, what, where is the good matchup? I don't see one. There isn't one. (laughs) There isn't one. This is an awful matchup. And I I really don't know how many punts, like if, if I gave you an over under of like two and a half punts for the Titans, would you take the over? Because you should take the over in every NFL matchup because it's the NFL, right? I don't think I could take the over, Jake. No. And 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 the one like the one sliver of hope that I saw for the Bengals that I wanted to mention today, Ryan Tannehill's only thrown like I think two interceptions this year, but he's one of PFF's quote unquote luckiest quarterbacks. He has six or seven turnover worthy throws, so he had some dropped picks in there. So if they're looking for a way to kind of sneak in this game and maybe prevent the Titans from scoring points. Cause I, I, I would take the under on that punt total. It's like find Darius Phillips, another little interception, get Jesse Bates in the middle of the field, get him an interception. 
and, and, and punish one of those turnover worthy throws, hopefully force one of them. But uh, I, I just wanted to throw that out there because we're talking about punts and I'm thinking, well, the only way the defense is going to win drives is likely turnovers this week. Yeah, it, it's going to have to be that way. And that's, that's very Oh five Bengals. I'm going way back, but that's, they gave up a ton of yards and they really couldn't get off the field, but they would force some turnovers. And maybe that's the case. And I would be open to that possibility. I just don't know how they're going to get heat on Tannehill, which is probably how you're going to force him into a bad throw. If you give him four seconds, then you mentioned his options, either Brown or Smith or Davis or Adam Humphreys in the slot. One of these guys is going to get open. And that's the scary part is, look, if you're giving him time, he has enough weapons and he's playing at such a high level. So maybe uh, Lou Anaruma, they blitzed on, I think it was 40%. Uh, of the plays last week or their defensive plays last week that uh, that has to be a more effective blitz because they didn't get near Baker Mayfield. And that was, uh, that was certainly a problem. They're playing a lot of man too. They're, they're doing a lot of man blitz, man cover one blitz, maybe some, some jump stuff, maybe some stuff with a robber out there and they just got torched. Somebody on Reddit actually pointed this out. All the, all the five passing touchdowns the Bengals gave up were were man coverage and most of them were actually press man coverage and i at first thought the little the little middle of field touchdown for harrison bryant was was a zone play but in retrospect it might have actually been man i i'm still not actually convinced but it might have just been another cover one man where where they just totally lost harrison bryant there was a miscommunication and they have akeem davis gaither playing the whole and just doesn't get there in time. Baker looks him off a little bit. So the a, a lot of Bengals fans, you know, in the last couple of weeks are saying, why are they playing so much zone? They're getting chewed up. And then they came out last week and they played a little bit of press man and a little bit of man and did some, some man blitzing. And it just went very poorly. I mean, that that's what puts... Von Bell in the situation where he has to run with a tight end down the seam. That's what puts LaShawn Sims in a blender because because he, he's not running with anybody on the perimeter. And these are like pretty good wide receivers. We haven't even talked about Adam Humphreys, the third guy, by the way, mm-hmm. really solid slot receiver. So mm-hmm. th- there's there needs to be an answer for Luana Rumo. Luana Rumo's getting his way. He's getting the players he wants. Carlos Dunlap is out the door. Well, now it's time for that scheme to start doing the work because, hey, you're you're winning the battle right now with the players and the scheme has to start showing up. And and also, you know what? The players have to make plays too. Von Bell in great position on that touchdown pass to David Njoku and just not quite great enough. Sure. And Darius Phillips too, right? I mean, he, he's been in uh, position to make some plays. By the way, we didn't mention it. He was out on Thursday as well with a knee. So William Jackson, the third back this week, practiced in full on Thursday. You could be without Darius. <laughs> so there you go. You, you, you mentioned LaShawn Sims. Buckle up. It could be the Sims show uh, opposite William Jackson, the third. It's, it's just tough. I mean, and again, it comes down to I don't even think the secondary is that bad. But if you give these quarterbacks, if you allow them to get into a rhythm, any guy, any really any starting quarterback in the league, if you allow that, to where they could just sit back there and have a few easy pitches and catches. Well, now they're feeling it that, you know, that's fouling Kobe Bryant and sending him to the free throw line a couple times and letting them slash to the basket. 
and, and he's got a couple layups, a couple free throws, and 10 points in the first three minutes. Well, now buckle up because that jumper is going to fall. And, and that's what happened with Phillip Rivers. That's what happened with Baker Mayfield. And I don't see how that doesn't happen with Ryan Tannehill because let's say they do put a little pressure on him. Okay, here we go. It's the Derrick Henry show. And, and and that's just that's what makes the Titans this Titans team so tough is Tannehill's kind of emerged. AJ Brown has emerged. Corey Davis is in kind of the role I think he should be in at this level now. Uh given uh, even though I thought he was, you know, potentially a one coming out, he's not that. But AJ Brown certainly is. And you mentioned Adam Humphreys. John o. Smith is a stud. I, they're loaded, Jake. I mean, they're loaded. And uh, I think it's going to be a uh, a tough tough really outing for this Bengals defense and I don't even know if I blame Luana Rumo because I just know how outman they are from a talent standpoint yeah but at some point this defense has to step up this is what Terrell Austin got fired for and and you could argue that that team was more talented and that team is now aged and some of the better players have been replaced but when defensive coordinators and defensive units perform like this they, ha- they have a lot to prove. Let's just say they have a lot to prove. A couple things going mm-hmm. in the Bengals' favor. Actually, one thing going in the Bengals' favor. LaShawn Sims' revenge game. Played for the Titans for four years. LaShawn Sims' revenge game. Let's go. The last thing that I wanted to say about the Bengals' defense is they've actually played the run pretty well the last couple weeks. And they are relatively well-built in the defensive trenches to stop the run. Now, Derrick Henry is is not the kind of running back they faced. They faced some good running backs and Kareem Hunt, very good player. Jonathan Taylor, very promising rookie. Derrick Henry is a bit of a different beast. There is a chance that again they managed to do okay against the run. They've they've done it for a couple weeks and a lot of that's been game script dependent. So if they keep scoring again, then then at least maybe you remove one of those dimensions and you give yourself a chance. But they've done that for two weeks and, and these opposing quarterbacks have shredded them anyway. So, James, we've talked about the spread. We've talked about the over-under being somewhere over 50 points, five and a half points in, in the Titans' favor. Joe Burrow, six and one against the spread. You're the predictions guy between the two of us. Where are you at this week? I wish I could say Geno Atkins is going to have a vintage game and he's going to not only clog up the run lanes and make Derrick Henry's life hell, but also put Ryan Tannehill on his back early and often and Joe Burrow's going to come out sling it. Well, well, that part might happen. I have the Titans winning this game. I could see one of two scenarios, Jake. Either the Titans just dominate and they take advantage of the Bengals injuries in the trenches and win like 40 to 17 or 40 to 21 and it's never close. Or it's a close loss, which that's what I'm going to say. I actually do think the Bengals, again, cover the spread. Joe Burrow does it again, and uh, they keep it close. I will say Titans 35, Bengals 30. Backdoor cover? Sure. but Yeah, that's fine. I mean, however you want to. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's be real here. Let's be real. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think the Bengals are going to be up like 30 to 28, and Tannehill has to march downfield but who knows i watched people's jones catch the game winner a couple days ago at paul brown stadium so aj brown adam humphreys Corey davis i I could see that happening as well you gotta play the games in the nfl any given sunday as they say and this could be the bengals sunday remember when chad johnson guaranteed victory against the undefeated chiefs well we're not getting a guarantee like that this year from 
Joe Burrow or T. Higgins or any of these Bengals, but imagine, just imagine. That just team imagine. had swag. That team was different than this team. But you're, I, I you're just, right. I, but if if they got that win, I just think that the snowball effect could possibly happen, and then you could see that Marvin Lewis eight and eight season emerge. Are you being serious right now, Jake the if, realist? I'm saying if they got a big win against a good team, like that hasn't happened under Zach Taylor. If they did it, sure. maybe that's how it gets started. I don't know. I'm just I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. No, I agree. I mean, I agree. I I, I don't know. I think the snowball would really take off after week 10 against Pittsburgh, but I get your point. I, I think, uh, look, they need a win in the worst way. And I think that there are, I don't think it was just Dunlap, you know, that that's grown frustrated. Now, anytime you're losing, you're going to, that frustration is going to build. And one, six and one at the buy is, uh, that's tough. That's tough to buy into. And that's what the Bengals are staring at right now. A year after 0-8 at the bye, too. Well, let's hope that they avoid that fate. If they win this weekend, this is a woo-worthy opponent for everybody that, that's on the Jake Woo watch every week. Woo! The Tennessee Titans yeah! are, are a very good football team. If the Bengals win the game, well, if you care about this sort of thing, you're going to be rewarded. Until then, Bengals fans, we'll be back on Sunday. Who day? And have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.